Hey there, welcome back to a new episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I'm your host for today, Christian Verwijs, and in today's episode we're going to talk about self-limiting beliefs, or rather how self-limiting beliefs are quite prevalent when you start with Scrum and many things can seem impossible. If this episode achieves anything, I hope it is that you can see those things from a new perspective after today. I hope you can recognize that those things that seem impossible are actually quite possible, but you need to find out who actually made the decisions that makes it seem impossible today. We also give you a nice set of practical tips on how to work with your team to make them see what is actually possible instead of impossible. Now, before jumping into the episode, I want to briefly mention that we reached 500 patrons last week, which is incredible news. And Barry and I are both very grateful to everyone who is supporting our work, which includes this podcast, by being a patron. Ilko is also one of the newest patrons who joined last week. Welcome to our community, Ilko. Thank you for supporting us. Now, if you're not supporting us yet, but you're using our content, listening to this podcast, reading our blog post, or using the Scrum Team survey, you may also want to be interested in exploring the benefits that you receive as a patron. You can go to patreon.com liberators to find out how you can support us and get a whole nice set of benefits in return from us. Now, having said all that, let's move into today's episode. Enjoy. Hey man, I know, but it's impossible for our team to be cross-functional, okay? Replied someone recently when we asked them why they were struggling to create a working increment every sprint. And this is just one variation of a common response that we get when we talk to teams about Scrum. Another example is, we can't just have one sprint goal per sprint, that just doesn't work in our environment, or... In this organization, it's not possible for developers to visit the customer site. Or even, management will never allow us to self-select teams. That's just not the way things work in this organization. Now we understand where this is coming from. When you start to work empirically, for example with Scrum, many things can seem impossible at first. It can seem impossible to deliver a new and working version of the product every sprint. It may seem impossible to give a product owner mandate over how to spend the product budget. Or it can seem impossible to have only one product owner for several scrum teams. But is it really impossible? It's important to always remind ourselves that we're talking about changing how people work together and how that work is organized. We're not talking about putting a person on the moon tomorrow or resolving all conflicts overnight. We're not talking about feats that are humanly impossible to perform. Instead, what we're talking about is behavior and the norms that guide that behavior and the decisions, implicit or explicit, that gave rise to both. And this perspective that we're dealing with accumulations of human-made decisions changes everything. Because decisions are never immutable or set in stone. They are not laws of physics even though they're often treated as such in the workplace. Now take the example of not being able to create cross-functional teams that we started this podcast out with. In this case, the Scrum Master believed that designers and developers could not be merged into one team because it violated the departmental structure of the organization. In that organization, developers and designers were part of different departments and it was just not 
something that they were used to to put designers and developers in one team. But what drove the decision to structure work in that way with developers and designers in their own departments? Who decided that it is still the best structure today? Who decided that the structure has to be followed at all costs and that no exceptions are allowed? And finally, who decided that the work of designers and developers is so distinct that you simply cannot combine it? Whenever you run into things that seem impossible, it's good to remind yourself that there is someone or some group in the organization that made a decision that makes it seem impossible now. That doesn't make it easy to change things all of a sudden, but it does put a human face on an otherwise abstract impossibility. More importantly, it makes it clear that we're dealing with beliefs, not facts or laws of physics. Self-limiting beliefs. Stating that something is impossible in how people do their work in teams or organizations is simply a belief. And it's a self-limiting belief at that. The problem with these kinds of beliefs is that they effectively make you give up. And by expressing this belief to others, you're also reinforcing it throughout the organization. The more people repeat that something seems impossible, the less likely it is that improvement is actually possible. Another problem with self-limiting beliefs is that they are absolute. When you say that something is impossible, you also rule out the possibility of small, incremental improvements. It's all or nothing, really. If it's really too hard to create completely cross-functional teams now, what is the first step you can take to make progress in that direction? Maybe you can get permission from management to do an experiment with one cross-functional team and leave the other teams as they are for the moment. Maybe you can let designers and developers meet frequently during the sprint to adjust their work based on what they discover. Or maybe you can look into technologies and practices that make it easier for developers and designers to collaborate. The Scrum Master as a coach. For us, the identification of self-limiting beliefs is at the core of coaching. So when we say that the Scrum Master acts as a coach, we essentially mean that they help people identify self-limiting beliefs that exist in themselves, their team or their organization, and then to gently challenge those beliefs. One way for, for Scrum Masters to do this is by asking open and inquiring questions. For example, what decisions were made by you, your team or organization that make it seem that something is impossible now? Or what would be necessary to adjust, revert, or update those decisions? Or, how can we create an urgency that change is needed? And who needs to be involved in that? For example, as a Scrum Master, you may have a development team that considers it to be impossible to work on only one or two items at a time. What decisions did they and others make that make it seem impossible at this moment? They may have decided, for example, that it is more efficient to work on multiple items at the same time, instead of just a few. They may have decided to use a certain technology that makes it difficult to collaborate on a single item. By drawing the conversation away from what seems impossible and to the decisions that make it seem impossible today, you essentially uncover areas for improvement and further exploration. Once the decisions for making something seem impossible are better understood, Scrum Masters can move out of their coaching stance and create transparency around the consequences of those decisions.
What happens because the development team decided to use a technology that makes it difficult to work on only a handful of items at the same time? If the decision was made outside the team, how can the Scrum team create transparency around the impact that this decision has on their work? Transparency is a great way to create urgency. Now finally, Scrum Masters can go and find the people that need to be involved to change, update or reverse a decision. This is where an internal community of Scrum Masters is very helpful. And you know that we're big fans of liberating structures, so the liberating structure social network webbing is really ideal for this. It allows people to bring together the informal and formal networks in their organization and leverage those networks to create change. But the liberating structure like 1-2-for-all, 2510 crowdsourcing and Troika consulting are also really helpful there. Or you can use a liberating structure called myth-turning that is ideally suited to challenge potential self-limiting beliefs. The art of the possible. When it comes to changing how people work together, nothing is really impossible. Instead, there is a decision that someone made somewhere that makes it seem impossible today. Fortunately, decisions are not immutable. Even when this can be very difficult or not worth the effort at this moment, decisions can be changed, appended or even reversed. So rather than conceding that something is impossible and essentially give up, it's more productive and motivating to focus on what is possible. And this is why it's so helpful to believe in the art of the possible, which is one of the pillars of the Scrum framework. And that brings us to our closing words for today. When it comes to changing how people work together, nothing is really impossible. Instead, there is always a decision that someone made somewhere that makes it seem impossible today. And the good news is that decisions are not immutable. Even when this can be very difficult or not worth the effort at this moment, decisions can be changed, they can be appended, or they can even be reversed. So rather than conceding that something is impossible and essentially give up, we find it more productive and motivating to focus on what is possible. And that is why Scrum is sometimes called the art of the possible. Instead of focusing on all the things that you cannot do, focus on what you can do. And this often starts at changing beliefs that people have about what is possible and what is impossible. We hope that today's episode will help you do just that. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I want to thank you for taking some time out of what is probably a very busy day to learn something new about Scrum and in this case about self-limiting beliefs. Now, if you like this episode, we're always very happy with a review on the platform that you're listening on because reviews are a good way for new listeners to also discover this podcast. We're also very happy to hear your feedback. So if you have ideas for episodes, if you have other feedback for us, please let us know and send an email to info at deliberators.com. We'll do our very best to work with your feedback and make this podcast even better. Having said all that, I want to thank you again for listening today and wish you all the best changing all those self-limiting beliefs in your organization. And we hope to see you again for the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.